You're listening to to the Show We Go Baseball podcast. What's up, everybody? Uh, welcome to episode number one of To the Show We Go. Uh, it's going to be a little podcast series that Mr. Ed Hand and myself and occasional guests like Chris Henrique, who's on this one with us. I know we'll have guys like Hunter Knoll. We'll have Jamie Gatlin. We'll have a few other guys throughout the year as well. But uh, yeah, welcome to our very first episode. Um, I kind of want to pass it to Ed, who may have actually started this little creation himself uh he he brought it up to me so i kind of want him to go into what to expect for future episodes that we have uh yeah thank you um it's been pretty incredible how quickly this has all come together we started um chris and uh parker and i were all uh working at um uh, polar park this year and so I, I i was familiar with them through their internet presence but it's very different when you actually are seeing somebody a few times a week and you know at work but also like we're we're not there for the money we're there because there's a lot of passion it's what we want to do um and you get to know people through that and it, it became very clear that um we are very into um these players and just seeing them go on their journey through, you know, wherever they are. obviously we were at triple a, but um, we can like, even like FCL when they start there, just seeing how they uh, grow and um, how they end up, you know, on the, on the cusp of the majors. That's always been a big thing for me is these guys that minor leagues aren't glamorous, you know, they're not, um, it's, it's not the easiest experience. And these guys, persist you know we were talking to guys that are in their late 20s that have been doing this for a while and they're right there with like the 23 year olds your state on Raffaella 22 year olds coming up um and they're all kind of going towards the same thing but they're at very different points of the journey and they all have their own experiences and their own things that have um, gotten to there and it's for for me um as somebody that grew up playing baseball and before they even got to high school uh knew that they weren't going to be a pro um it's really it's vicarious you know it's like vicarious living in a way they're doing what i think a lot of people wish that they could do and just getting to see that and find out more about uh that journey is something that uh i'm very interested in and you know Uh, that's that's sort of the origin of this yeah and before i pass it over to to chris's way I, you know, I kind of want to piggyback what you just said, where this was my first year um, in a locker room in professional baseball. And seeing when we stepped into media day, day one this past year in Worcester, you had a range of guys from the Nico Goodrums and the Jake Farias of the world that have been in the majors. They've done that. They've spent numerous years in the majors, too. Then you look in the other corner and you have like the the Chase Shugarts and the uh, Nick Sogards of the world that are like, okay, like they're still up and coming. They're 25, 26. They're, you know, I don't know if they're considered long shots. They're not top prospects, but, you know, it's just like the complete different ends of the world where it's like you have Daniel Palka, who 
has hit like 50 plus home runs in the MLB with the White Sox before uh, in his like three seasons he played there. And then you have like, you know, guys that have zero games experience. So it's like, I don't know. It was it was a eye opening experience. And it was one that I uh, I think so differently of now. And it's uh, it's crazy now that my how much my mindset has changed from just April of this year to now. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I don't think, um, I don't think a lot of people truly understand, you know, going from a fan perspective to kind of seeing it on the other side of the curtain, so to speak, you know, to Andrew's point, same thing, my first year, you know, covering the team in the perspective of being there, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, in the locker room, like media day was the most overwhelming experience that I think that, you know, we had gone through just because you have all these players, players, you know, Bobby Dolbeck, you, you watch him on TV, you know what I mean? And now he's, he's in that locker room and you're, you're around all these players that, you know, you see tweets of and you read about, and now they're there and you have the ability to chat with them is it was a surreal experience. And I, I think what was, what was really cool about the experience from just kind of taking a step back is just more of they're us but they just get compensated pretty well to play baseball and they have an opportunity to play for the Boston Red Sox or another organization if they're traded, released, whatever. And to say like you can have conversations, regular conversations with the likes of, you know, Jaron Duran to Caleb Hamilton to the manager, Chad Tracy, it was just, it was such a great experience and one that I look forward to next year and already, you know, excited for what is it? April, what third they come back. Yeah, like, I think they opening day is like the t- March 29th, but then it's like three games on the road and then they're just back at Polar. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's so, I think that that's correct. April 3rd or something so looking forward to it, you know, and it's going to be I think, you know, you got a lot of the same players, but there'll be some, you know, newer guys thrown in the mix players who are probably going to get acquired this offseason. You're going to probably have those subtractions, you know, um, but just being able to have the opportunity to just be there to cover the team and start to learn about these players as people versus what baseball reference tells us in their statistics was probably the most, you know, the biggest thing that I pulled out of it. And I'm going to continue to, it's stuff that we've talked about for the longest time, you know, trying to, you know, showcase these players more as people versus baseball players. Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a human aspect to it. There's um, and I think that it's I think that that gets lost, especially in a market like Boston, where it's win 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 win. And you know, if you don't win here, then you're a bum, and there's something wrong with you, and then you know you end up having success elsewhere because there's less pressure. Uh, didn't mean to cut you off there, Parker. No, 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 it's all good because I was I was honestly going to start talking about it. it's like you know, I think it's so telling with what we're seeing just this off season alone on uh, Twitter slash X is uh, guys like, like your guy, Ed Christopher Troy has embraced so much, just being like the guy that like is going to, is just going to tell you everything that goes on behind the scenes. And it's like, we never really had that before. And it's no, like, this him, is like him, go- him going to the AFL is going to be a blast. Oh, it's going to be freaking awesome. And it's like, this is the first time I've ever seen it at, in the Red Sox org of a guy being this transparent and he has so much stuff planned and he's going to, 
probably talk about so much stuff. And um, that's one of the goals that I had when I wanted to, whenever you kind of brought this to me, of be like, oh, well, we should do this where we just interview a bunch of guys. And I'm like, heck yeah. Like, I want to start talking to these guys, see, see what they're about. Like, after being in the locker room and being around guys, like, like it, just one that really sticks up, sticks out in my mind is Brendan Nail. And it's just like, you're talking about a guy that, was an undrafted free agent in 2017. He's been floating around the Red Sox minor league system for six years now. Insane. He finally makes it to AAA this year. And it's just like, he's there. And just hearing from his perspective, he went to Western Carolina, like a small college, undrafted free agent, been around the system forever. He made it all the way to AAA. He's a success story in his own. Um, so I can't wait to talk to some of these guys. And I well, feel how about like a guy? How about someone like Joe Jakes that was like a minor league um, rule five pick that came over and pitched pretty significant innings in the majors this year? Like that, that came out of nowhere. Kid from New Jersey. Like, you know, I'm a Joe Jakes guy. Oh, I know you're a Joe Jakes guy. That's why I'm bringing him up. But, uh, you know, you, you honestly, you have made me into a Joe Jakes guy by osmosis. So I, I think I can say I'm a Joe Jakes guy as well. Fair. Future, uh, future guest on this podcast, by the way. So. Um, yeah, we're. Uh, I, it's funny because every podcast that I've done prior to this, like, there's always a schedule or something like that. Like, oh, we release Mondays, we release Wednesdays, something like that. We're kind of just winging it. We're kind of like, what? Who? Who do we want to talk to that we think is interesting? And then, like, let's just do that, and you'll get episodes. And sometimes it'll be a bunch at once, and maybe other times. I'm getting married middle of November, so I'm going to be in Aruba for a little bit. Um. You guys are on your own when that happens, but no, you know, we're gonna have Eddie from the Beach Chairs is uh, gonna be an episode. Eddie so. Beach Chairs, yeah, Eddie Beach Chairs, <laughs> are like a bachelor party episode. You know, oh, yeah. I already had that, and uh, you guys got the video of of that. You were using it in your like uh, your Red your Sox gifts. Yeah, the dancing ones is my favorite of all time. But um... <laughs> hey, if you want to come out to my birthday party this year, I'm I'm hot in the Hong Kong and. Uh, where is that? That's like over by um, Faneuil Hall. Gonna gonna bust that oh, out again. Do some karaoke. Okay. So you know, just just throwing it out there. You know, I uh, I like a good. I like some karaoke. However, though, I can only do karaoke if I drink, and I actually no longer consume alcohol at the moment. So I'll have to just go up there, pure adrenaline. Yeah, you know, you, that's a high in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I did. Uh, I, I sang uh, Foo Fighters Everlong one time. That's a good song. Yeah, well, it's one of my favorite songs of all time, but I actually did my first time ever doing karaoke. Uh, I was like 10 years old and I sang uh, Tutti Fruity at a delightful. That is That is delightful. (laughs) Well, there's a a couple things that I wanted to get into just in this first one. You know, we we kind of, uh, yeah, that was a good segue. Uh, When he was actually talking about Hong Kong initially, I thought he was talking like, you know, the city, um, you know, very far away. And I'm just like, I don't don't think I'm going to make it for that, but... um, (laughs) All right. So there is a couple things I wanted to get to um, just in this first one. We kind of did a little intro. We kind of talked about like what we might see. You know, we're going to be talking to a lot of guys and, you know, hearing some backstories. And I really want to get into the more of like the, you know, I want to learn like Christopher Troy's just putting it all out there. So you kind of know the guy. But I want to do that with all the other guys, too, that don't do that. So um, that's that's on the cusp. Uh, Chris, I wanted to uh, wanted to get your insight on something. So. We were in Worcester all year long, and so was Ed. Um, and I'm going to hear from both of you guys, but I want you to tell me just w- what were your thoughts on the Woo Sox 
manager this year? Chad Tracy is and deserves more press through the Boston media. He, first and foremost, the biggest takeaway that I had from Chad, and I I sent him the, this in a message uh, at the end of the season, was win or lose, his demeanor never changed. He was approachable, win or lose. Like, you knew if they lost a 15-5 to five game, like, we're not going to talk to him. Like, there's no point. You know what I mean? Like, why have him regurgitate? We know that pitcher X was terrible. We know they didn't hit. We know that whatever. But his demeanor never changed. He was approachable. And I think he truly valued good questions. And when you offered and asked good questions, the responses you had, the the way that he went about having just a conversation with you in general was, um, I think, you know, massive. Getting if if there's an opportunity to get him on and and talk for like an hour or whatever, I think that that would be that'd be so huge because he just doesn't get the press that I think he deserves. He's a really good skipper. You got to see how he you know you brought up the the point with how he balanced the the pitcher's innings and and how he worked with the uh, from the pitchers. I just think that he he's going to be a big league manager someday, and whoever he is going to work for, whether it's Boston or somewhere else. They're going to get somebody that, to me, kind of reminds me of like Tori Lavulo. Like that style of players love playing for him. He sets the tone. Um, but just from like a personality standpoint, just the fact that, you know, so approachable and would answer anything, literally would answer anything. And if he, and if he couldn't, you know, you knew when he was tiptoeing. You knew when he wasn't really, you know, telling you the truth. But – I, you still respect it and you know what you can get out of it. And I just think, that, you know, he made the whole experience from that standpoint so much easier for us because sitting in a room with the, with a manager of a professional baseball team, no matter what level, that was nerve wracking. But once you got past like the first couple of times, he just made it so easy. He was so approachable. And, and I just, I'm going to say it again. He, he just, he, he deserves more press within the media for people to know who he is because I just think that he's, was top notch. Yeah, I mean, second, I second all of that. Um, I, I, I will say that I think I, I tended to ask him questions that I knew he wasn't going to be able to answer. Um, <laughs> I didn't notice I that get something. Like it would be like the big, a big thing for me was Sh- Shane Drohan's mysterious disappearing velocity, and I kept bugging him about it, and he never really. He, when you talk about tiptoeing around, he would always be like, oh, he's working on this, he's working on that. He'd never actually address the velocity, but you can't really blame him for that either. Um, really, a- a- everything you said, though, just like, it's just a gem of a person. Really, really enjoy to get to uh, talk baseball with, get to ask questions to, and especially when he could answer those questions. <laughs> Yeah, I never realized, I guess, uh, at the very beginning, I'm like, oh, well, why is he not telling us about this? And then I I, I guess I forgot. I may have asked Chris Cotillo this or something, and I'm like, well, why is he not answering this? And he's like, maybe he's like not allowed to. It's not his place. Like, it's just he, he has to stay in his lane. Like, he's the manager of the Worcester Red Sox. He's not like at the time he wasn't Heim Bloom or he wasn't whoever Alex core, even it's just like, he, he has to stay in his lane. He can't be just like tossing out all this stuff and all this stuff's getting out like that. So 
I respected it a lot. Um, and like what Chris said, he made he made me feel beyond comfortable. The very first time I was very scared in his office. Um, and I probably a few times after that as well. But I, it was very, very quickly. Um, he helped me get very comfortable there. And I will always appreciate that. My favorite moment, though, was it was like the middle of the year. I don't remember if they won or if they lost, but the fact that it was just you and I were in there and we didn't even talk about like the game. We just talked about baseball. It was just like general baseball and just kind of like BS with him about that and just kind of like him kind of letting his guard down. You know what I mean? And, and you know, trusting that in us. And I, I don't think that we let him down with that at one point throughout the year for him to be able to just kind of be a little more open and a little more, you know, than what I think most people got to see out of him, you know, behind closed doors. And, you know, that's one of my probably favorite conversations with him. I wish that I had the opportunity to be there at the end. Um, you know what I mean? Cause like I had a ton of stuff planned that I wanted to talk about the, with him and, and some others, but you know, I'm hoping he's there next year. Hopefully the Sox bring him back and he's back with that group because I think he's done a really great job. They had a tough first half. They had, you know, what felt like a million transactions, a different face almost in the clubhouse. What every other week when we were there, you know, asking him, Hey, what about player X that was claimed off waivers? And he's like, well, we, we just kind of like we do the drill. We're going to do the meet and greet on the Monday. And then he's going to meet with, you know, Paul Abbott, or he's going to meet with, you know, whomever. And then, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. And so, um, definitely if people have an opportunity to ever chat with him, you know, do it. It's worth it. Um, just all around great guy. My favorite Chad Tracy story is actually that I thought he was a different Chad Tracy. Yes. Um, oh. I thought he was the Arizona Diamondbacks, <laughs> Chad Tracy. And I said, and this is the thing. I went to Arizona State. Um, so he was with the Diamondbacks while I was there. And I was like, man, it was so, it was great watching you uh, uh, play there. How'd you end up here? He was like, oh, that's the other Chad Tracy. I didn't I was realize because he has some lineage too. His dad is Jim Tracy, who was a manager for a long time. So he has a little bit of that uh, big league. We met his dad. His yeah. dad was there this year. I did not, but that must have been really cool. He was a good manager. Yeah. No, It's. Uh, I was definitely in the office for that question, I yeah. think. Because I think it was when everybody was leaving the room. Yeah, I, it wasn't you, on record. Yeah. No, yeah. It was like when everybody was uh, was leaving the room. But, um, yeah, I, I had to I had to ask you guys on the Tracy thing because I just thought he was an absolute gem this year. And um, I don't know. It's I don't I don't know how long they can keep him in the org down in AAA. Like, I mean, Baseball America named him the top manager prospect in all of baseball. So, I mean, obviously, we're not the only ones that think that. And so um, it's a good one. Eggs. There is. Um, but I wanted to also, I'm going to shoot back to you, Ed. Um, I want to ask you, you obviously were in Worcester for a bit this year. Um, what was, if you had to pick one moment, the entire season, I would even actually, I'll open this up to the entire minor league system. I know like, obviously we were in person for Worcester, but I know there was some stuff as well, like in Portland, Greenville, whatever. What would be your top moment of the year, either that you experienced personally or that you think the entire of the entire work? Um, I mean, there's a lot to choose from with that. It was a good year for the for the whole system. Um, but there's one that immediately comes to mind um, for Worcester, and 
please correct me if I'm wrong about the number on this, because this is all off the top of my head. But Narciso Crook hitting the record-breaking, I think it was 210th home run of the season for the Woo Sox, and just everybody kind of going nuts, and they announced it on like the on the speaker yeah. and on like the and everything. It, it was, it, that was a really cool moment because you kind of got to see like, hey, it was like I think the, they broke a record from like 1996 with the Paw Sox, so that that's always cool getting to see that team hit a lot of home runs this year. Polar Vortex helps, but. That was just that was just a really fun moment and seeing kind of the culmination of everything that this team that it was a lot of people, a lot of different people over the season, but they they all all the hitters at least contributed to that. So that that was a very cool moment to be a part of. Um, so I I think that one's up there. I think um, I mean there were a couple of just kind of I, I kept on having these really bizarre interactions with Ryan Sheriff. That one was kind of, <laughs> that was always kind of fun uh, in, a, in an awkward, cringy sort of way. Um, that, that oh, sums, Ryan that, Sheriff. That sums up just Ryan Sheriff in general. He was nice to me. He was always no, really no, nice was, to me. Yeah, he was great with us. Just I can, I can just it's as you're as you're saying his name. I just I'm seeing just the interactions and yeah. him off in the corner. He, he very, very nice guy. Very nice guy. Oh, like, yes. He was he was never rude to us per se, but um, yeah. If you talk, he wouldn't he wouldn't go out of his way to talk to you. But if you talk to him, he would he would definitely give you. Oh, yeah. He would talk to you. Yeah. And he had that Papelbon energy about him too, just in that like like total psycho um, on the mound. Yep. Like I would be if I were a hitter, I would be frightened of him. Uh, which is a good trait to have for a reliever. I still want to ask Jake Faria what happened in the locker room. That is, I have no idea. So yeah. that will that will. That, People are going to wonder what you meant by that. You might need to give them a little more context. Well, well, I guess, I guess we. I mean, Jake Faria is not even with the team anymore. But are. Uh, exactly, so I feel, exactly. I feel like we could probably say. I don't even think it's not like Faria is going to listen to this anyway. But um, it's. Uh, I don't know. It was weird. One day, like I walked into the locker room and Jake Faria was sitting on the opposite side of the locker room, and he was sitting next to Taylor Broadway. And so, because I always went over and uh, talked to Taylor Broadway, he's a great guy. But um, I, I went over and I'm like, Jake, like you moved. And he said, yeah, I, I had to tell my old locker mate that I wanted to sit by my throwing partner. And I'm just like, hmm, all right. And he's just like, yeah, he that's what he thinks or something. And I'm just like, all right. And he kind of like went on a little bit more, kind of just like dancing around it a little bit. Never said what happened. Um, but he just wanted to move stalls on purpose to get away from that corner. So never found out what, what happened. There's a whole world going on behind the, behind what you see on the field, the whole, just, just two vets that probably, yeah, it's just two vets that, uh, probably just, I don't know. Don't see eye to eye. I don't know. I mean, it happens. I mean, it's not like, it's not like anything like the locker room was in shambles and all this. It was no, just like, no. it was, it was fun. It was always, you know, what was fun watching them play ping pong after games. Yes. It was like a ping pong table. They had some of them. They get really into it. Um, that, that was always, I kind of wish they had like had like a leaderboard or something for it. I want to know who the best, uh, who the best triple A ping pong player is. I think it was, I think it was Fitzy. I think it was Politi. Well, Politi was the most intense for the most, for the quietest guy in the locker room. But he is very quiet. Okay. Like Politi talk about not saying a word. 
Yeah. Um, Soft spoken, very, yeah. uh, very approachable in a weird way, but quiet. But you put a ping pong paddle in that kid's hand and he was like Pete Sampras on the tennis court. Like he was just, he was wild. He was intense. Um, uh, what's his face there? Greg Allen. He was pretty intense too when he was there. When he was oh yeah, playing. Greg Allen. Professional nice guy, Greg Allen. Well, yeah, another nice guy. He Very nice guy. guy. Same thing too. You know, if wouldn't go out of his way to talk, but if you talk with him, I remember the first time I was like, hey, do you got a minute? He's like, is it going to be like a minute or is it going to be like, you know, a media three minute? I'm like, no, you can say two words. If you want, whatever. But like, but after that, like, I was just like, say a word if you don't want to. But uh, he was more open after that. You know, I just think these guys are so like guarded because they don't know what the hell people are going to ask them. And, you know, you're looking for the gotcha. But um, from me, I don't necessarily have like an on the field moment that was like unforgettable. Like David Ortiz being that David Ortiz being in the same elevator as David Ortiz was probably like the biggest moment because here I'm watching my 2004 like hero, baseball hero walking off the Angels you know, in, in the ALDS being at Fenway park and then all of his iconic home runs and I'm in the same elevator and him cracking jokes and dropping F bombs was so awesome and surreal. Um, that was really cool. The conversations with, with Faria are probably for me was one of the, the better times because here's a, a player that not a lot of the people who else like covered with us ever would try to talk with him. And, you know, he was, he had great stories, you know what I mean? Like very approachable, um, just cool dude. You know what I mean? Like would talk about really whatever you kind of asked him. Like there was really no like boundaries. And I really like, I, I like that. I, I, it sucked when he got, you know, released, you know, just because he was one of those guys that you knew that you could have a convo with and just talk, whatever, uh, like Caleb Hamilton, same thing, you know, another, you know, really good guy. Um, if I had to pick, you know, like I would say Dahlbeck's home run that they say hit the duck boat. That was a cool moment to, to kind like of be there. trade. Um, yep. but I, there's so many like little individual moments that, you know, just seeing guys like, you know, uh, Ronaldo Holland or Ronaldo Hernandez who got no playing time. And then when he started to play, like just, you know, just, seemingly just picked up where he left off last year, you know, um, better. He learned how to draw walks, yep. you know, uh, David Hamilton going from first to third on an infield, you know, when, when an infield hit, like just little things like that, watching William Abreu and just the rocket of an arm that he had, or just, um, I, I mean, there's, there's, there's so many like little subtleties that happened over the course of the year. I don't think I can just pinpoint to one moment. Um, the Ortiz piece was really cool. Just again, you know, that's your baseball hero and you know, you're sharing an elevator with them. And you, I had no, nothing to say. I didn't know. I didn't say anything. I was just like, Holy there's David Ortiz, it's David Ortiz. And it's all like Dave O'Brien, David Ortiz, you know? You know, I, I literally was looked at you when we saw Ortiz. Well, we saw the photographers looking out the door and we're like, should we like get in front of this in the elevator? And you're like, hell yes, we should. When you oh, saw yeah. David Ortiz going around I, the corner, it's like, all right. Yeah, cool. I, there could have been 50 people in there. I was going to be 51. I'd be crowd surfing in that thing. I was yeah. getting in that elevator. So, well, I, uh, I like, like you said, there was just so many. I, I, it's hard. I, I couldn't even, 
that's why I asked you guys because I went through my head before this and I'm like, there could literally be 75 different things I want to talk about and there's just not enough time in the day. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited to get a lot of these guys on that we got to deal with this year. Um, and we will get, we them got on. to deal with, <laughs> well, yeah, I say that because, uh, I forgot, I think it was Nick Sogard. Nick Sogard was, uh, I remember one day he had asked you, he asked like everybody how they were doing. They were like, how was your day? Then he, I remember he was asking us like, what was your, what's your commute like, or what's your, what does your day look like and stuff? And he's like, oh, so you get to come here and deal with us like at night and all this. I don't know. I always say that now, but, um, great guys. But, um, Sogard's, Sogard's awesome. I just remember once reading the uh, lineup and and Sogard was leading off and I was like, oh, so they're leading Sogard off. I like that. He goes, and I didn't realize he was there. He goes, yeah, I like that too. Yeah, lead off Sogi, man. It's uh, I cannot wait to get some of these guys on, especially guys that like we just talked about. Like the Caleb Hamilton episode is going to be awesome. Um, the Nick Sogard, I mean, all of them are. So, um, yeah, that's that's what's in store for us on here. It's we've to got the some show players go. too that are going to be coming on as well. Just some uh, some people that we were interested in talking with that are gonna that are gonna be here as well, but mostly players. Ed has some names lined up. I'm not going to say the names, but he has names. Um, so I've got names that I don't want to say because if they back out, I'll look like an idiot. So exactly. So but we're we, just like you said, plans. like you said at the beginning, we don't have a schedule. We're not going to do it. Every, we're not going to release one every Monday. We're not going to do it every Tuesday, whatever. It's just going to be whenever these guys, um, when their schedules open, we're going to do it. Um, and this was a good way to introduce our show and, kind of recap what happened i mean we didn't even really get into anything with worcester but i mean we kind of did a high level thing but um but yeah i mean if you guys you guys have any closing statements on episode one i do um the looking forward to the buffet next season hopefully they do not continue with fried food on thursdays and they roll out with something else um so other than that like the food was was top notch um Definitely think that you guys got to get some of the uh, Nesson group that was in Worcester. That oh, Tyler welcomed. already said he'd come on. I asked him um, on the last day. So that for me, like the, being around them was overwhelming at first because I wasn't sure how, like, the Beyond the Monster name isn't like the Boston Globe or Mass Live or, you know, the Worcester Telegram, you know, Gazette. Like, they they welcomed us and made us feel a part of just a part of it. And I, I think it's a byproduct of, you know, we, how we conducted ourselves and we took it seriously. We were there every day um, that would allow us to be there. And so just, you know, from Cooper to Jim, like all those guys, they were Tyler, they were all outstanding to us all season long and continuing to kind of, move that those relationships even further as we get into next season, I think it will just be a really cool experience. And again, th- these are people that are, again, that are behind the scenes that are doing it just like the players are in Worcester that need some more um, eyeballs on them. Cause Tyler's great in the booth. You know what I mean? Like Cooper's great on the radio. He's great calling the games. Just all these guys do such a really, really, really good job that, uh, you know, definitely would like to uh, see how people perceive them outside of the booth and things like that. So, yeah, and I'd just like to give uh, Bill Wadless a special thank you um, for um, giving us all our press passes, giving us all the opportunity to do what we were able to do for the season. Um, that was 
that I, I don't do the same. I my my work isn't the same as Parker and Chris. Um, we I um I I do data streaming and I don't really get to be super. Uh, I don't get to write during the games. I have to be eyes on the game the entire time when it's going on. And I've been doing this since 2019, but this was my first time I really felt like um like I was a professional doing it, and that was um like I cannot I cannot thank you, Bill, enough for that opportunity. So uh, thank you. Yeah, shout out Bill. He's great. Um, been with the Red Sox work since 1986. It's yeah, it's been it's a been really... a been a hot second. Um, but he's he's one of the best, man. And it's obviously if you've been in the org for that long, you're doing something right. So uh, thank you all for uh, staying with us to this point. Um, I believe you can catch these all on YouTube and Spotify. Is that correct, Ed? Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, there's probably going to be other. I don't know what Anchor goes on to. Well, honestly, just for I'm still right figuring now. this out too. But Spotify, yeah, yeah definitely Spotify and uh, definitely YouTube. Yeah, for right now, episode one, we're uh, still we're we're uh, we're going as we go. So um, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll be back for episode two. 